Speaking to Cersei will not prevent a slaughter. But perhaps it's good the people see that Daenerys Stormborn made every effort to avoid bloodshed, and Cersei Lannister refused. We should know whom to blame when the sky falls down upon them. Welcome to Nerds with a Mic, episode 85. Woohoo! Wow, 85. <laughs> yeah, I'm James. Omega. And we are going to be your nerds for the evening. And tonight we are discussing Game of Thrones, season 8, episode 4, The Last of the Starks. And with this episode, we are officially two thirds through this final season. We have two episodes left. No. Oh my God. Don't have, t- don't have, tell me. I'm in denial. This show is going to go on until I'm 85. We like have, this episode. Wow. We have two episodes left. Oh. Which means no one's safe. It's time to wrap things up. Every step of this show, there has been something else to build towards. Everything that has happened has served a greater nebulous end that we can't possibly comprehend because we're so far away from the end. Like, how could they ever wrap a thing up? But here we are now. Things are getting wrapped up. When something dies, it just stays dead now. Yeah, because there's no more priestess. Priestess? Priestess. Priestess. Red priestess. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's no priestess uh, anymore. Our there people is aren't no... caught between this war between two higher powers, both of which have the ability to raise the dead. Yeah. It, can you think of a worse kind of war to be stuck in the middle of? <laughs> <laughs> Why won't you just stay dead? <laughs> On both sides. Yeah. They have red eyes. They have blue eyes. I don't even know. All right. Well, our format tonight is we're each going to discuss our top five points that we want to talk about this episode. I have points from Damaris as well. I She has sent them in the form of paper. And we are saving our final discussion point of the evening for theories. What are we going to do in two weeks when the show's over? And it's like, well, here's here's my prediction of what's going to happen next. <laughs> There's going to be nothing. It's the end of the show. We, we, we'll talk about our favorite parts of the whole yeah. series. Or we'll give our predictions of what the spinoff series will cover. Oh, okay. We can do that. <laughs> I know that they're thinking of having a prequel series cover The Long Night. And I'm interested in that, but I would be more interested in seeing a series covering the Blackfire Rebellions, Targaryen Civil War, dragons on both sides. Did we like that dragon on dragon action during the Battle of Winterfell? Yes. What if we had a show that was just like full of that? Each episode would be $20 million. (laughs) Yes. But they would be like, okay, at least we don't have to do direwolves. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Of course, they're kind of saying that anyway. In the long night, there could be direwolves. Going, uh, I love direwolves. I yeah, me too. A quick aside: the one thing that I was really hoping we would see during the Battle of Winterfell, and also a thing that I was sure that we would not see, is giant ice spiders. Yeah, I wanted to see ice spiders as big as hounds, and, and the polar bears and polar bears and all that. I wanted to see yeah. giant ice spiders as big as hounds, like Old Nan talked about. I knew that wouldn't happen. It I, could, I, I, it could I knew that, that in the books. Yes, it could still happen in the books because yeah. the books don't need a CG budget. Nope. Yeah. So I'm not bitter that we didn't get them. I knew we wouldn't. But like in a prequel, we might. 
Okay, so my number five point, my my in my top five, my number five point is the secret or the lack thereof. So <laughs> Danny gives John the ultimatum. If we're going to be together, you can't tell your family about us. And now John has to make the decision and he chooses to tell Arya and Sansa or make Bran tell them. And then it cuts away. We don't see what happens in that conversation. Now, I... I think no one is surprised that John told his sisters. And I think no one is surprised that Sansa couldn't keep the secret. But what if there's something greater at play here? In the in the books, we're not yet past the Boltons losing Winterfell and, and, and all this. Stannis has attacked Winterfell. We know that. We think he's been defeated, but there's no confirmation. We're like several seasons ago in the books we're right season now. season five. <laughs> yeah. So... In the books, there's a theory that the book readers have a theory called the Grand Northern Conspiracy. They think that a bunch of houses, great and small in the north, have a conspiracy to win the north for the Starks back from the Boltons. Um, and it's, the and code name is The North Remembers, which they kind of hinted at on this. Right, on, yeah, on the, series. the North Remembers, The yeah. North Remembers. And we kind of saw a Grand Northern Conspiracy sort of thing play out in the show. So what if there's another Grand Northern conspiracy here? What if there's... I'm just calling it that because I love the name, but what if Sansa and Arya are planning something? They have a plan. They have a plan to win. They have a plan to get rid of Daenerys in the process and put Jon on the throne. It's no secret that neither of these girls like Daenerys. And they're not particularly wrong to be untrusting. The last two Lords Stark have died... Well, gosh, the last three, so... And more... So Ned's father and brother were murdered in King's Landing at the command of the king at the time, the Mad King. Daenerys' dad. Yep. Ned was murdered in King's Landing at the command of the king, Joffrey. Rob was murdered. At the command of the king, the Lannisters. Yeah. 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 So they're not wrong to be distrusting and be like, listen, the North needs to be the North because like the last four dudes, five dudes, whatever, haven't had a good time with it. Okay. Um. So they would not tell John. Of course not. They would have a plan because what do we know about John? John knows nothing. You know nothing, <laughs> John Snow. They would not bring him into this conspiracy. So I think that uh, everything that happened with Euron being able to perfectly ambush Daenerys and all this, one, you know, she doesn't scout and fine. She, she made an error. She thought that she was safe and she wasn't, which is exactly what I warned about in our last episode of this podcast. Am I right? <laughs> you are Am right. I right? Thank you. I hate that I'm right, but I am. Okay, so Sansa, Arya, they have a plan. It involves turning on Daenerys and installing Jon. And Jon is going to perfectly sell him not knowing anything. You know, oh, I would never betray you, Daenerys. Oh, no, Jon, you don't need to betray her. You just need to be who you are. We'll do the rest. That's but, my number five point. And, I mean, if you're going with... Let's go with how people look like in the in the TV show. Both of the queens have green eyes. And judging by your theory, she could easily kill off Danny. Arya could. Arya yeah. could. Yeah. Arya could kill Daenerys and Cersei. I don't think so. I think they want you to believe that it's going to be Cersei. Yeah. But um, she knows very well, Arya, that she's not coming back. Yeah. As um, as Arya, and it could be that she could be wearing later on. Daenerys' face. Yeah, she could. I think that'd be a little too perfect. So I don't think we're going to get that. Well, I don't think that we're going to get uh, her killing off Cersei. Interesting. I think, well... 
Gustav How I think Cersei dies, I'm going to say for our number one point, which is our oh, predictions. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, Varys is in on it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, Varys, Sansa, Arya. That trifecta um, is, is engineering the end game of this series. Well, um, I'll guess I'll talk a little bit uh, about the spider. Uh, is your number five point? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll go back to the starts in a little bit. But for now, let's talk about the spider. I hate the spider. You always have. I always have. Yeah. And I love him. And I always have. And um, and the reason is, is because he keeps saying the realm. I'm kind of with Tyrion on this. You keep saying the realm. But all this scheming and everything that he's done has not helped the realm. How many kings has he served? Five. They're all dead. And yet the realm is worse off than how it started. And um, another thing is he says that he wants to protect the people. The people is the realm. But if you don't have a good uh, foundation, which is a good monarchy in, the, in their case, they have no foundation for people and prosperity for people. But he's spidering around, um, lurking in the corners, saying, oh, in this, in this scene, uh, when he was talking to Tyrion, and he said one line, the queen looks mad, mm. mental, evil, um, tired. That scene actually made me think of Doctor Who. Don't you think she looks tired? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I just... I just hate the spider because of that. He's causing more trouble, more problems than what they are. First of all, sure, Daenerys wants to take her her throne. Legally, it's hers. Nobody else knows about, you know, about Jon Snow. For now. For now. But as far as as people know, nobody knows about him. As far as they know. Until Varys tweets about it. Yeah. As far as they know. Not even Daenerys, uh, Daenerys knows about it. So um, the thing about it, too, is that she has lost two of her children. Not a pet. They're not pets. Children. She has lost two of her children. Half of her army, her closest advisors, more and than, best more, friends. More than half. She lost half just at the Battle of Winterfell, not counting the Dothraki that were, that were lost during the loot train battle, not, right. not counting the Unsullied that were ambushed at Casterly Rock. And all of that she has lost because she listened to her counsel. If she would have done what she wanted to to begin with, it would have been at smaller cost on a greater scheme of things. But she listened to her counsel and he's he's begging her to listen to more counsel. And Kybert wouldn't have had time to build those scorpions. Right. And and the dead, sure, the dead would still have come. But then it would have been a whole realm against them. And they would have been more equipped for it. Even if it means losing more of the north. So, um... That being said, she has every right to be pissed. Especially, like I said, she has lost very close, important people to her who were her counsel for a very long time. And her friends and her family. Jorah was was her longest serving, most trusted advisor. She lost him. After Jorah, the longest serving, most trusted advisor that she had was was Masande. Yes. Those are the only two that I can think of that have been with her since nearly the beginning of her journey when she was sold to Khal Drogo. Yes. She has no other long-standing allies, just people she's picked up along the way that she trusts to a greater or lesser degree. And um, and then calling her mad and stuff like that, she tried being the diplomatic. And this is what, what bothers me, is that here he is, the spider, saying things like, Oh, she's going to destroy the city. You shouldn't destroy the city. Excuse me, but this is war. And it's, it's true. At the end of the day, she still listened to uh, to her counsel, which was, let's be diplomatic about this. She knows that Cersei's not going to give in. Right. They all know that. They all know that. Yet they're still going to- They gonna, hate it, but they know it. 
and they're going to go through this notion. And that being said, what she said is true. At least people will know that she tried this diplomatic way. Let them know that I tried everything that I could. Right. Let it be visible. And I was worried at first that it was going to be like them meeting privately with Cersei and no one would know. But um, or if it's like just um, Tyrion talking to Kyburn, no one would get the story that like we're really we're actually offering you a way out of this that you're going to refuse. And then he walks past Kyburn. He talks to Cersei and all those men on the wall hear it. Right. That's Everyone, the, everybody that, hears that's it. That's not going to say a secret. And so someone like, uh, this is, when I, when I saw him, I didn't like him before. There are cool lines that he said here and there that were kind of cool. Cavern? Uh, no, 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 spider. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, overall, I, I hate men like this because they're the ones who come up with more trouble, with more um, conspiracy and just hurtful. I mean, look at what happened to the Starks. Yeah. Part of it, the majority of it, was because of the spider. Um, Look at it. A lot of it was Littlefinger. Littlefinger was playing his game. Varys' whole game was get rid of Robert, get a Targaryen back on the throne. That was a one-step process. Step one, put a Targaryen on the throne. That he helped take down. Right. Um, He... You know, he got out of his hands when it came to Ned and, and the Starks and all that. And you remember back in season one, Varys kept visiting Ned saying, listen, confess your treason. Take the black. Get out of here. Get yourself safe. You know, your your son your, your son can call off the war. He can. It, Varys was trying to engineer a way out of it for Ned. Joffrey ruined that by being an impulsive, prepubescent Justin Bieber bad guy. <laughs> I lost. I, I yeah. ran out of good words. Um. Yes, but that was already after the fact. I'm talking True. before the fact. Yeah. And come on, if it's the spider, you would think you would have known about um John's lineage way before. No one knows. I know. Okay. No one knows. But they sh- he should have known. You know what I mean? If he's such a spidery, conniving yeah. little, I ran out of nice words to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Anyways, the point of this matter is I don't like him. I It just shows right here to me that the real threat, more than Daenerys, more than John, because John has done some pretty bad things too. He's not... He's not... He's no saint. He's no saint. And um, and I personally don't like Daenerys. You know that. Everyone who's listened to this podcast have heard, has heard me say she's a bad ruler. Uh, and I've tried to defend her every step of the way and... Uh, I don't know how much farther I can do that. That is my number four point. So I'll yeah. I'll let you finish your thought there. So so you you've heard me say that about her. You've heard me say in the scheme of things, do I think John would be a better king? No, I don't think so. If if we're gonna put someone on the throne, let it be Daenerys. You think Daenerys would make a better ruler than John? Yes. Huh. Interesting. Even though even though John fits the bill, the one who would be a better ruler will be Daenerys. Well, this is basically the King Aragon and Queen Eli- and Queen Isabel story. If you know, if you know your history uh, from Aragon and um, Castile, modern day Spain. Um, if you know their story, this is basically them. Isabel was a dragon. Well, we're not going to have to wonder about this for more than about a week and a half. <sighs> okay. Uh, next point. Uh. <laughs> Don't make me sad. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> one of Damaris's points here, she said that overall she really liked the pacing of the episode. She thinks it's the best episode of the season. I have to agree. This felt like old school Game, yeah. of, Game of Thrones. Um, the first episode felt 
old schoolish because it was bouncing around and we kind of covered a little bit of everything. Episodes two and three um, were definitely different because it was Winterfell centric. There was no Cersei. There was no King's Landing, no across the narrow sea, no anything else. It was very centric and I loved them. But uh, Damaris, I do agree with you that I think this is the best episode of the season so far. A lot of people call it fast paced and sure enough, like whatever. But I think because it was fast paced, it made it the best episode. It was fast paced when it had to. It skipped over the parts where nothing happened. But Which then was again, the journeys. Right. Yeah. And, and I heard one person say, oh, now they can travel the entire continent in, in half an episode. No, they've always been able to travel an entire continent in half an episode. They did it in like episode two or episode three or something like that. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It's just sometimes. They've been doing that the entire show. So this person didn't do their research. All right. Um, and then they took time where they had to, like the, uh, that, that, that feast scene. Oh, I love that. I I hope that Damaris is thinking of that when she, and I think she probably is when she talks about the overall pacing of the episode. You know, a nice long scene. In a drawn-out moment with all these different conversations happening and people looking at people and having subcontexts and subplots weaving throughout the entire thing. That's the Game of Thrones. That we know. This is why people yeah. like this show. There, there, yeah. there, there's political conversations going on everywhere. There's different warring factions, even when everyone's kind of getting along. Um, yeah. Yep. Maris, I, like I definitely agree with you. Uh, so my number four point, um, kind of picking up from where, from where you left off, is that Danny has lost almost everything. That's that's my number four point. And um, is she being driven towards madness? Yes. It, now, is that, mad, is that madness, um, is, it, is it going to be full-blown insanity? We won't know until it happens or she dies. Or is it just going to be she is pissed off? There's there's insane and then there's just angry with the hand that you have been dealt, which can you can go insane for a short time and come back to yourself or you can go insane permanently like the Mad King did. And to add to that, now she has a personal reason to hate Cersei just like everybody else. So everybody should be like, she's not mad. We all want her dead, too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Everybody has a reason, and now Daenerys has joined the wagon. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. Has, has joined the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> Danny has joined the chat. J- Danny has subscribed to this YouTube channel. It's like, oh, she cut off your best friend's head? That's cute. She blew up my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I definitely understand Daenerys's fury. And at the end of the episode, when she's walking away, she gives that great... Can you talk for a quick second about how great the acting was in this episode? Yeah, because all this time... It was so good! Yeah, Daenerys, the the more she loses her dragons, the more you see her humanity. Yeah. And uh, the very first uh, season, the uh, first episode that you see her, which is what... Episode one. Yeah. She's, she's been controlled she, all of her life. She's nothing. She's yeah. nobody. She's pathetic. And she becomes a somebody when she gets her dragons. Yeah. And now her dragons are being stripped away from her, which leads her back to nothing. Yeah. I would be pissed. That and my children. I would be pissed about that too. Yeah. I mean, if someone did anything to one of my to my cat or dog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you pick up your chihuahua, you're like, Dracarys. <laughs> <laughs> so when Daenerys is walking away at the end of the episode and you you, ah, the camera's on her face even me where before I'm like don't burn the city try to you know find a sneakier way to get it done now I'm like burn it 
burned the city. Dracarys. You heard Missandei. Dracarys. It's funny because when I was watching, I was like, she did everything else. Burn the city down. Now it's time to burn it. Now, and this was before the whole, the whole thing with Missandei. Yeah. Rescue do, the princess. Do you... And then she gets that and your princess is in another castle. Yeah. Um, do you remember back in season two? I think it's season two. Pretty sure it's When Daenerys is in the house of the undead with the warlocks in Karth, and she has all these visions. And one of the visions that she has is of the throne room and the red keep and the buildings like half burnt down and the roof is torn off and there's snow falling. Yes. What if that wasn't snow? What if it was ash? ash. It could be. It could be. Because it's basically the, cool, the, the same thing. When you, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be terrible if she has to burn the city or if she has to burn just the Red Keep. It doesn't even have to be, be the city. It can just be the Red Keep. Um, <laughs> we're like, we don't need a lot, and just a little that, bit. And the fact that Cersei's packing in people as a human shield. I'm like, cut on, come on, Saddam Hussein, really? <laughs> Danny's lost almost everything. This is her last gambit. You, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Cersei understands this. Daenerys understands this. Yep. All right, your number four point. Oh, let's 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 go back to the Starks. So my question to you earlier today was, why was it called the last of the Starks? And we started talking a little bit about it. Um. So I don't remember what we said, but it was really really cool. It was really smart, and that's when we said, "Wait, we need to stop talking about it so we can save all these smart thoughts for when we hit record." <laughs> And now it's just a bare desert of thought. It's Karth. <laughs> well, I have a couple ideas on it. Well, first, a uh, more basic question is who are the last of the Starks? Bran doesn't count as a Stark anymore. He's said several times that he's he's not he's not Brandon Stark. He's the three-eyed raven. Mm-hmm. John is not a Stark. He has Stark blood. He's of Stark lineage, but he's not Jon Snow or John Stark. He's Aegon Targaryen. Dun, dun, dun. So the last of the Starks are Arya and Sansa. And Arya is no one. And Arya is no one. But she's, as she left the house of black and white, she said, I am Arya, or uh, Jake and Nagar says a girl is no one. And Arya says, I am Arya Stark of Winterfell. So she's no one, but she's also Arya. Arya. She has chosen to keep that she, identity. She decided to keep both of those faces. Yeah. <laughs> so Sansa and Arya are the last of the Starks. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones working with Varys in the Grand Northern Conspiracy Part Two. Dun dun dun! But most importantly, I was—I think that I, I was telling you about this—is that how Stark are known for family and the loyalty towards each other, and Sansa by betraying that promise because she did make a promise in front of the to her uncle, to her uncle, uh, in front of the tree, which for them is their is their deity, right. their god. Um. That was a sacred oath, and she broke it. I mean, even even Ned Stark kept that secret. He let his wife believe that he had an affair with somebody just to keep him safe. I don't think I can do that. And he ruined his reputation by that. And and people's he knew he to the fact he had to lie about that. And um and I understand why John needed to tell his sisters and and um. Because all this time there was this cloud on top of them. There was always this disconnect between them. And he hoped that finally we'll be able to have peace between us. And he had every right to tell them. Yeah, he did. 
Um, and for the record, I think he made the right move. Yeah. If I'm in his place and Daenerys says that to me, but at the same I'm time, telling my sisters. But at the same time, he, nieces. <laughs> but at the same time, he did promise Daenerys he wouldn't say. He did not promise. She said she gave him the ultimatum and he didn't respond positively one way or the other. Okay. He didn't promise her. I, I thought when he nailed on, that's what it was. Uh, and that's the case then, he didn't promise anything to her besides... Yep. If something else happens, I'm going to bend the knee, continue. Which is kind of what he did in in the war room console. Yeah. Um, that being said, in a way, all the Starks are gone. And John, by saying bye to uh, the dire wolf, he's saying goodbye to his Stark side. Yeah. And Arya is no one, and Sansa is a Lannister slash Bolton slash something else. Uh, I think someone called it on the internet. It was hilarious. She went to Littlefinger University. <laughs> <laughs> graduated with top honors. <laughs> She's like, uh, so I, I wonder if Little Th- Finger University holds the same rule as the Sith and that there can only be one and that there's um, there's a master and there's an apprentice and when the apprentice is good enough, he kills the master and he takes oh, over. Definitely. Yeah. That sounds about That's right. exactly what she did. <laughs> um, Ooh, I hear duel the fates in my mind now. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so... Anyways, that's what I was just kind of thinking. What does the last of the Starks mean? It it was a very interesting title for yeah. an episode. I mean, it, they could have named it everything. They could have named it Dracaris. They could have, um, but I think it was an appropriate name. Because again, we're in the final season. Right, 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 right. So I just wanted to know, uh, kind of talk about it, about why it would be called that. That's just kind of where my mind went. We're wrapping up. Yep. Okay, that was my number four point. Okay. And Damaris's number four point is she says that she feels that they killed the dragon too easily. She has an advantage. She has the bird's eye view. Also, why did they not expect an ambush? Uh, fair point. Um, that, that they killed it too easily. I think so. They. I think so only because of this. That's like really good aim that they had. That, but most importantly, more than that, fine. If you're gonna kill him, follow the same rules. The distance between where the dragon was in on the air was much further away from where the dragon was on the or the ships were um relatively to the wall so they had they had about 10 or so um scorpions all loaded all kind of pointing at uh, at the dragons mm-hmm. and, and, and the army they could have easily taken them out especially the dragon i was definitely worried when cuz it was sure it was partly but this, this is going to talk a little bit more about my other number, my, my next point. But um, I kind of agree with the Maddies on that, but only because they didn't kind of follow their own. Um. The rules of parlay are the rules of parlay, though. And that is one thing. We, we've already seen our heroes go into King's Landing. They had the meeting in the Dragon Pit back in Season 7. They all walked in there, and if Cersei had wanted to take them out and try to make a play for Drogon as well, she could have, and she didn't. Except so, for... On the whole thing, on that one, she did not have the advantage. No, she did not, but she still could have taken out Cersei and everyone and just had a rogue dragon to deal with. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that was... Um, no, Cersei could have taken taken everybody else out. That would have been impossible because of the sheer amount of power that Daenerys had in that, in that meeting. True, true. Now the tables have turned, and this is where it's baffling. Yeah. And this kind of uh, jumps into my point, I guess. We'll just jump in, and then we okay, can go yeah. back to you. Um, oh, did, just to answer um, Damaris's question of why did they not expect an ambush? Uh, because they got cocky. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it all goes back to what Sansa was saying. You are not ready to go back. You're not ready to fight. Yeah. And um, she said something very similar to John. 
uh, right before the Battle of the Bastards, she said, you're not ready to go and fight him. And he wasn't. And he should have listened to that. But, of course, loyalty to the queen in front of everybody. Um, yeah. So. She's his girlfriend. He has to do what she says. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to. No, go- they're not together. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to go out with my friends tonight. No, honey. Remember, you said that we were going to stay in and watch this documentary. Sorry, guys. I can't go. <laughs> my girlfriend said no. Yeah, very much. Uh, so the ambush thing, that makes sense. In, a, uh, in the same manner that Daenerys is not a very good general. She's... She's not a good general. Yeah. And she's not a good ruler. Um, but what she is good at is conquering. And one the one thing that she's good at, she's been stopped by by her uh, advisors. Her one insect tells her, conquer it this way. And she's going against that. And by doing that, she's killing herself in, you know, through her army, her dragons, her best friends, all of them. Um... That being said, actually, I want to talk a little bit about the ending scene with Danny and Cersei and their hands. Um, and this is, it kind of goes with a little bit I was, say, I was saying about like Cersei. Your, your number three point right. here. Yeah. C- Cersei not using the power that she has over them. Sure, she killed um, Missandei. Missandei mm-hmm. But I, I would have expected her to have used the scorpions just to piss them off on Tyrion. Um and when that didn't happen, I was I was actually kind of baffled as to why why she didn't or why didn't they just use the uh, the scorpions on the queen? She was very close. Mm-hmm. She, Shield Wall would have done nothing. Yeah. To 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 protect her. And and the reason um and I keep thinking about why would um they do that? And I don't think it's for parlay or just because the show wanted to. Do, I'm not asking because of that. I'm asking mostly as to strategically. It just doesn't make sense with her character. I think I said two episodes ago when um, Arya slept with Gendry. Gendry? Mm-hmm. The idea makes sense for her character to have done, especially at that one scene where she wakes up and she has like a dead look into her eyes. That felt out of character. And this felt out of character for Cersei. Um, and I think we... I don't know if you're going to put it... Uh, but we, we talked a little bit about fan fiction work on, yeah. on, oh, she should have done this or, you know, or like, they like, said that she had grabbed uh, Cersei or. And jumped. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and the Maddie's asked, she's like, why didn't Sandy didn't just jump? I told her it's very strategically why she didn't jump, but she didn't grab the queen or anything like that. Because if she would have jumped, Cersei later on could have said she jumped. Yeah. I didn't do it. She I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to spare her, but she. She chose to jump. Yeah. And, and then it's Daenerys' fault. And um, her last counsel from her to her queen was basically be yourself. Burn it all. Yeah. Make a new. Because that was one of the things that um, the very first, one of the very first things you have Miss Ende and Daenerys is when they're talking about uh, women in power and how um, how to take control of that power again. So it, it was it, it was kind of like a nice uh, a nice um, flashback, if mm. you may, of of that scene of the very first scene they have together. Um, so yeah, that's that's what kind of baffled me on Cersei's behalf. Not so much of why didn't they do this or why they didn't do that. It's just yeah. felt out of character. Well, I, why she didn't go after Drogon? Um, the way I perceived the scene was that Drogon was out of range. Yes, he. he 
he looked like he was close enough that they could have taken a good shot at him and, and maybe got him. But, um. Well, even if they don't take him out, they could have easily taken, taken Daenerys out, out. Taken out Daenerys or, and all that. Or Tyrion. Yeah. So. Even spare Missandei. There's. Just let her watch. Yeah. There's the, um, there's the rules of parlay, which she's held to earlier in the show and she held to it again. So that, that has precedent and that precedent held through on this episode. There was no parlay with the Sept of Baylor. There, 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 there was, no, there was nothing like that that she was following. But we do have that Cersei will follow this one rule, and so she's done it twice now. So that, that's been established and carried through. That's not a surprise. Why she didn't go after Drogon, to me, I, I feel like he was too far for them to get an accurate shot on him or to really have a guaranteed kill. Uh, was he within a possible range? Yes. But even after, <clears throat> I mean, like when Euron took out Rhaegal, Rhaegal was flying in a straight path and unaware. And they got a volley on him all at once. And they were able to take him down. But then even after Danny closed like the gap and closed like half the distance between her and the ships and she swerved away, they weren't able to hit Drogon, even though he's the bigger one. So I would say a well-placed volley from the ships took out Rhaegal. You can't guarantee the same success by these guys on, on the wall on King's Landing. See, I that's what I thought too. I, anyways, let's... let's Talk a little, Did less he look like the, he was close enough? Yeah, yeah, perhaps. yeah, yeah. But I, I think yeah. what they were trying to show was he was, I mean, he was super far back, way farther back than anyone else. So I think that, that was, that's what they were trying to show there. Well, this point was basically on Cersei as to, it felt out of character for mm-hmm. her. Um, let's see what else, wanted, what, I, what I wanted to say on that scene. Oh, yeah. So Tyrion, now she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. Euron just found out she's pregnant. Just found out, <laughs> and then Tyrion's like, "So do it for your baby." And Euron's, Euron's like, "Wait, what? She? He knows about that, <laughs> honey? Why does your brother know that you're pregnant?" <laughs> I don't know. Ask your other brother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? One of them. He was there. There's been a lot of speculation that Euron is going to definitely pick up on the- Euron is a smart dude. Oh yeah. He I is think he knows. not dumb. So he, I think he knows. He's he's gonna pick up on that and be and I, I think that that's going to create a bit of a rift. Mm. But then again, he's the kind of guy with no honor that he wouldn't care if it's not his. And he, as long yeah. as he gets to call it his, he'd be happy. But he's also a man of pride. And I think it's going to sting a bit. I think it will sting a bit, but I think he'll take it for now. Yeah. Because he's a smart guy. And wait for the for the baby to be born and accidentally drop it. Yeah. Or well, the baby's born and it's, you know, obviously neither of theirs. <laughs> Um, let's see. So your number three point. Yeah. Um, so my number three point. All right. All right. All right. All right. Jamie and Brienne. Dun, 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 dun. I'm yes. loving it. <laughs> so as I was explaining to you earlier today, my favorite single scene and the best scene, in my opinion, in this entire show was in season three when it's Jamie and Brienne in the bath and Brienne's sitting there and she's kind of cleaning herself off and Jamie crashes the party and she's like, go away. I don't want you here. And he sits down anyway. And we get the conversation between them where he explains to her what happened that night in King's Landing during the sack of King's Landing. Why did he kill the Mad King? Why did he go back on his oath? And the answer is because it was the right thing to do. And 
in that moment, have there have there been more epic shots in this series? Yes. Have there been scenes of better dialogue? Perhaps. Better acting? Perhaps. In this scene, more than any other one, we had a character do a complete 180 in our minds. <laughs> we, it had been set up from season one, episode one, that Jamie was a bad person. Twin sass, attempted child murder. This is not a good guy. And then we, we get some- Kingslayer. Kingslayer, all that. We get the satisfaction of seeing him get knocked down to size. He's a captive. He's covered in filth. He gets his hand chopped off. And each time we're kind of like, ha, 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 you deserve it. And in this one scene, everything that we know about him is proved wrong. Yep. He is, he is in his own way, he's just as honorable as Ned Stark, where he did the right thing no matter the cost. And then he let people keep thinking that he was a terrible person. Well, there's no way of backing up on it. No. Yeah. What, what, what can you do? And it's like Tyrion says. Use what they call you as armor. Clothe yourself in it as armor and they cannot use it to, to hurt you. So Tyrion, you know, embraces the fact that he is the imp and Jamie embraces the fact that he is the Kingslayer because King Robert loved it. He was, he was good. He was good with King Robert. He was perfectly safe, perfectly positioned. So <laughs> he, he took care of all of King Robert's family. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> So a um, little bit of an aside there, just background on why I love this scene so much. That scene between Jamie and Brienne is my favorite scene in the entire series. And here we finally get them being together because you know that she loves him. Mm-hmm. And you know that he truly respects her. I think he loves her. I think he loves her. But long before that love, that physical love, came a deep respect for her honor, for her ability, and for who she is. Mm-hmm. So... Loved that scene. And then he leaves her behind in order to go deal with his sister. Seeing that... See, it, that scene, it was such a... doesn't matter what, whether you're in Westeros or here. You have this stupid guy saying stupid things so they don't hurt you, so you can move on. Oh, Just be honest. Hey, I'm going to go take care of my sister. Because she made me do all these things and I need to because of me. Yeah. I need to find a way to stop her. Like I stopped the previous king. Blah, 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 blah. Or whatever. Yeah. Even if it means I never come back to you. Be honest. I'm well, sh- didn't he pretty much say that? He told her, like, no, everything no, no, I've no, done, no. I've done for Cersei, and now I need to go do this, too. No, he didn't say that. Not the way he said it. I was talking to, uh, like, two of my girlfriends, and they both got the same vibes that I did. Which was, Which I- was, and, and just, like, talking to some other, like, uh, girls uh, or women about this show. They all, we all got the same thing, which was, which was a stupid guy saying all these things saying, well, it doesn't matter whether or not I have my redemption or not. Um, I'm going to go back to my ex-girlfriend now. See, I totally didn't get that. And we're going to a little bit bridge into, um, one of Damaris's points points, because she brings this up too. And I was a little confused. I'm glad that you're saying this because this sheds some more light on what she wrote. She wrote, uh, Jamie and Brienne, yay. However, I hate that the showrunners ruined his redemption arc. In the book, after he loses his hand, he breaks away from Cersei, and I wish that they did that here, too. I read that thing, and I'm like, that's exactly what happened. Now, usually, before we record this podcast, I have watched the episode twice. I watch it once, just I just watch it, mm-hmm. and then the second time I take notes and kind of do my deeper analysis. So I have not watched it for a second time. Oh, no, like the, the first time I watched that scene, which is only once, um, I, that's what I got. I mean, I've seen a lot of breakup scenes on, on television and in books, and I've had my own breakup scenes. They all, they all have the same type of vibe of trying to save the girl. Okay. You know what? You know what? 
We are going to pause this recording. We are going to go watch this scene. And loyal viewers, listeners, we'll, we'll be right back. Uh, okay, so we just rewatched that scene. Dun, 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 dun. <sighs> um, so it's not as clear cut as I perceived it the first time. And he doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to go kill Cersei. Which is definitely what I interpreted the first time. And I do get that from him this time. I did all these horrible things for Cersei. I deserve whatever whatever's coming to her. I deserve a part of it. She's hateful and so am I. What I got from this is like, I hate her. Oh, definitely. Like you can... Like, I hate her and being... I need to go handle that. Right. Like we get it. Especially right after that scene that he hears of what's happening in King's Landing. Yeah. However, that is now what he tells Brienne. That what no, he tells no, Brienne, that, that's not what he yeah. tells Brienne. And and that's exactly what uh, that complaint about that scene is about um, Jamie and the typical breakup scene, <laughs> whether to be in Westeros or our Earth or who knows where else. <laughs> not to stereotype genders, but I think I definitely perceived it that way. And maybe guys would just see it as like, listen, I I just need to go kill someone real quick. I'll be right back. I, I, no, he doesn't sell me by, right no, by back. No, I know, I know, yeah. I know. But, all right, that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. I, yeah. I, I definitely perceive it one particular way, and I perceived it that way again the second time, e- even though it's not as clear-cut as I as I remember it being. Oh, yeah, like for ex- like I was saying, as a third-eye view, we get it. We're like, Brienne, come on! But as just seeing it and through Brienne's point of view, it doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, wait for me. He doesn't say, move on from me. Instead, he uses hurtful words so he can go and take care of all these things without the promise of ever coming back. No. Well, classic Game of Thrones. It's messy. It is not straightforward. And Rian, you chose the wrong one. It's complicated. (laughs) And go go to Tormund. Go. You can still catch him. You have a good horse. (laughs) I saw this tweet. It said, um, it was hilarious. It was a gif of Sansa going to a gif. Whatever. Jeff is a peanut butter. <laughs> a gift uh, of Sansa walking on um, to the kettles. You know, like that face and whatever. And they said, that's Sansa when she finds out that Jamie has left Brienne. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> okay. Well, what a conflicting scene. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that covers my number three point, and Damaris' number three point, and you already covered your number three point. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, Bronn. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, one of the most interesting characters in the entire show in a surprising way because he's pretty one-dimensional and not interesting at all to me in the books. Yeah, in the books, it's very straightforward. It's very straightforward. He's kind a sellsword, yeah. and it's it, there, there's no depth to his character, and he's just there to kill people if you pay him the right amount. Right. So was Shay. Shay was a very straightforward character yeah. in the books. She was very convincing, but very straightforward. Yeah. Um, the actor who plays Braun brought so much to the role, and I'm really glad that the writers chose to take his character in the direction that they did. Kind of like uh, Liana Mormont. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Very same. And seeing when Tyrion at the end of season four, when he's in the cell on trial for the murder of Joffrey and Bronn comes to visit him and Bronn's decked out in all the nice clothes and Tyrion tries to convince Bronn to fight for him. And Bronn says, listen, I'm sorry, but this is the deal I got and I have to take this. And I'm really sorry. I legit like and admire you. And that was a 
it was a it was a sad scene between the two of them, but it showed that there is an emotional depth to Braun that he just hides really well. And well, he's, he's I, not comfortable with that feeling of actually liking someone for real. That and, you know, he's been, uh, I don't want to say the word, but he's been blah, 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 bleep over by the Lannisters. Okay, over so. Over and over again. So, and that's exactly yeah. my point here. Yeah. So here we have a guy who does have emotional depth. He, you know, um, Tyrion promised him, if you're ever asked to kill me, I will beat that price. I'll double it. Whatever they pay you, whatever they offer you, I'm going to double it. And Bronn has been jerked this way and that by all three Lannisters, all three remaining Lannisters. And he's had it up to here. And when he sits down, and now he's had the whole ride up the King's Road from King's Landing to Winterfell to stew in this. And just, you know how when you get something and you have a bunch of time alone yeah. and you just get more and more mad about it? Yeah. Also, the last thing that he learned before he left King's Landing is that one of those three girls that he was with had the pox and Kyber never told him which one. So on top of all this, he's wondering if, if he has an STD, <laughs> which is just going to complicate the entire thing. All right. So his legit anger when he sat down there. Oh, yeah. I, I was ready for him to shoot one or the other of them, probably Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was ready for, and I'm glad that he didn't. And not because oh, I'm really glad that he didn't. But no, 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 because it was the Lannisters or what? No, no, nothing of that. Yeah, it but was, like was, I, I thought that he shot Jamie in the shoulder or something like that instead of the post. I legit thought he was going to kill one of them or graze him. Oh yeah, that would have been cool. And he would have. Be, I I would have believed it. From that character at that point, with him as mad as he was, he's like, you know what? I don't care how much you pay me. It's not worth it if I can't enjoy it. And I can't enjoy anything because of you guys. I hate you so much. Give me my money and leave me alone. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and that's what he said. And I loved it. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, those out of character. No, it's not out of character. This is a character who's had enough. Yep. Enough. Here's, yep. The, here's the line I'm drawing. Are you going to beat it? No? Bam. <laughs> it, it was basically that. Yep. Now, as much as I love the character of Braun, as soon as he walked out of that room, I'm thinking, he needs to die. Oh, yeah. He needs... It's time for him to go. Yeah. And they know that, too. It sucks to do him over like that, but you cannot have that. You can't have that. No. Nope. Let's say they take over King's Landing and, and, and rule. And they give him River Run. No, no, no. Not River Run. High Garden. High Garden, right. Yeah. High Garden is one of the richest... If yep. not the richest, because he has the most uh, produce. Uh, he, and he asked for that one back in season seven. He's there with Jamie um, as Jamie hands him a bag full of gold. And he says, what about that castle? I can take that one. It. Jamie says, no. No one's using it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. That's the end of my point. And hopefully not the end of Braun, but it needs to be. It needs to be. Yeah. Oh, my turn? Yeah. Your number, number two point. Okay. My number two. Two point. <laughs> two. Uh, actually, it has to do with, um, we talked about Braun. Let's, let's talk about Braun. Okay. <laughs> wow, my voice cracked. <clears throat> Sorry, okay. hello viewers. I Listeners. apparently am hitting puberty. So maybe now I'll be able to grow a beard. <laughs> Probably not. So the reason why I want to talk about him is that last episode would have been really, really cool if he would have died. Brain? Mm-hmm. So, so now you're all for child murder. No. Oh, but, well. But, but I am. I guess for, he's in his 20s at this point. Yeah, that, and he's not really a child. So he, not child he, murder. He, he's, just, a, he's a third eye raider. Just, just, <laughs> just like normal murder. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, it would have been really, really, really cool if he would die because then they have no one to be like. There would be like about as little as magic as possible 
and no one will have an advantage over things. That being said, what is his purpose now? Especially because he's like, I live in the past or whatever. Um, my prediction still stands that we are not done with the War of the Dead. Hmm. Because, uh, what's his face? John went south. And technically, he, what he told Daenerys is that he's still bleeding. His wounds haven't, um, haven't quite closed. This was at the end of like the last episode when they sleep together the very first time. She touches him and we notice that his wounds are not closed. So there's still magic involved in here. So my thing is, why is Bran still alive? If not, come back or bring something back that is supposed to be not dead or something like that. So you think that our heroes and Cersei's forces are going to be locked in battle and something unexpected is going to come at them from yeah, the side? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be something. That would be so cool. What if it's dead coming from the sea? Yes. Rising from the black water. Like a dragon. Because imagine, imagine... If, if, Undead Rhaegal coming back. Right. And then you have, for some reason, what? that is the... Because, re- I mean, in dragons, in Dragonstone, <gasps> th- there has been power what? of the children there. What did the Greyjoys say? What does dead men never die? He fell into the sea. Dun, 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 dun. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's not so much of a prediction. It's more as... Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Bran and your predictions with him and what should happen with his character. Okay, uh, what do I think is going to happen with Bran? So, I th- I think Bran kind of fades from relevance at this point. He served his purpose. Uh, his story arc is complete. He's not important to the rest of what happens in this story. That's my prediction, is that he lives out his days in relative comfort or lack thereof up there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't want to be a prediction point. I want it to be a brand point. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think that the Three-Eyed Raven has kind of always existed in one form or another. And he's going to continue to, ex- you know, he he existed for how many thousands of years up there with no uh, no one really knowing about him and him just kind of existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like a demigod just there. Okay. I see. I really want us them to talk a little bit about them because of the previous or the prequel that they're gonna make. So I hope that they talk a little more about his. Um, I wouldn't call it existence like the important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird contemplating the end of something that doesn't involve their death. Like, can't he just retire? <laughs> I also think going back to your theory in the beginning about the Stark girls doing something about it. I also think Bran is doing helping them, mm. passing them intel. I think so. Or anything. Like, I I really think that he's counseling them on what to do also. Because he keeps saying that he lives in the past. Or he keeps saying that he's not a Stark. But kind of like what we were saying about Arya. Is that he... Well, we said about Arya, she said, I am no one, but I'm also mm. Arya Stark of Winterfell. He, he's I, no longer Brandon Stark, but they're still family. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. You want to know what I think is going to happen? Here, here, here's what I think. Here is a plausible. Uh, he takes the iron throne. Got th- it. <laughs> thing, thing that could happen. Um, the, one of the main defenses, the big thing that King's Landing and Cersei has against Daenerys are those new scorpions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that neutralizes the Drogon threat. Drogon it, can't engage at this point because they will lose him. He can't come in close enough to use his fire. 
Unless it's like a sneak attack in the middle of the night under cover of darkness, which would totally work. But are are we going to wait for a nice dark night while everyone's... No. Uh, So what if they're lined up for battle, Drogon's there, and you see all the scorpions angling up Drogon's out of range, but they're ready to shoot him as soon as he comes in. And then there's like this sound on the wind. What is that? What is that? Everyone's looking around. Huh? Huh? And especially John knows nothing. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Is, what sound? Flock of ravens comes in. Oh. Cut to Bran back at Winterfell, sitting by the tree, eyes white. The raven's eyes are white. The ravens start dive bombing and, and they start pecking at and clawing at the, the guys who are manning the scorpions. And they're all like, ah, ah. And yes, they're killing some of the birds, but like they're all distracted. They can't shoot. Here comes Drogon. <laughs> You know, dragon sounds. Yeah, of course. <laughs> how, yeah. About, how about them apples? And then Bran retires and just like runs an obscure blog for the rest of his days. <laughs> Watches um, the marathon again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was my Bran point. And, and then he just goes and he just watches The Office on repeat for the rest of his life. And it was a good life. It was a good life. It was well worth it. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, the very last scene of the season. He goes into the into the tree again, and it pans out into the past. Ooh. Ooh and that's gosh. how the prequel starts. There you go. Um, Damaris's final two points. She says, "Why are people choosing Danny and for Danny and John? Couldn't they just join and rule together? I feel like this is the showrunners rather than the story itself." pulling them apart uh perhaps i also feel as we've discussed earlier daenerys isn't um it's not coming out of nowhere that daenerys is acting like this no and they have been setting up very well and and this is what daenerys has done every single time she stubbornly plods towards a single goal yeah because and um, whatever gets in her way she burns right get you you're either with me or you're against me my way or the highway. And she's doing the same thing to John, as frustrating as frustrating as, as it is. And John isn't going to go with her. He isn't going to fall in line with her uh, and, and you know, agree to her ultimatum to keep the secret. Otherwise, all this, indicating herself, is not yours anymore. Um, is it is it the showrunners doing it? Is it the story itself? Um, Could be a little both. A bit of both. I, yeah. That's really up for debate. Yeah. And her view, Damaris, your view on it, it probably doesn't agree with mine. And I think we're both... Uh, right and wrong on this one. Because, I mean, yeah. as a storyteller, there's certain things that you want to write. Yeah. Conflict is yeah. the basis of literally every story. And then, I mean, at, at the same time, could things be written differently? Certainly. Obviously. Um, but then there's certain points that... the. For example, the Brienne and uh, the Brienne and Jamie scene. The way it was written, it was perfectly written. It gets to responses. Could it have been written better? Definitely. Well, uh, I, I mean, in, in terms of honesty, right? But did they know that I was going to be this dense in my interpretation of it? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> How dumb do they think I am? They underestimated my dumbness. Um. <laughs> So, so uh, in this scene, I, I, I mean, just in, forget about a little bit about uh, the conflict that they're on. If there's two contenders to anything, of course you're gonna want to yeah. see, to see which choice could be better. And Daenerys said it. You know, if it's just between Daenerys and John, it's not gonna be a problem. But if anyone else knows, 
It's it, it. It will be a problem. This thing is going to become a life of its own. Listen, Rob didn't ask to be king of the north. Someone proclaimed that he was king of the north, and everyone else agreed with him, and it was out of John's hand. I, 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 was I saying John or Rob? Rob. So, it happens to both of them. It, 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 that's my point. <laughs> yeah. It happens to both of them. Like a ten-year-old called you a name, and now that's what you are. And you're lucky that she called you king of the north and not poopy pants, because then everyone would be <laughs> chanting, "Ha ha." Lord poopy pants. <laughs> you know, he was he was he was crowned by a ten year old. So Daenerys is oh, right. That scene, yeah. that that scene really broke me. Yeah, Daenerys has she was totally right in that it's out of their. If if anyone else knows, it's out of their control. And they're not going to be able to control the press cycle. Basically, basically, and you know what? I as much as I respect uh, John's decision to tell his sisters Mm -hmm. and like i said earlier ned kept that secret for a reason yeah for the protection of the realm if he wanted to do the same he should have kept a secret Mm -hmm. even if it meant keeping a secret from his family and having peace in his family but he chose his family so it um instead of the realm well his father also tore the realm apart in fire and blood uh in order to do what he felt was right yeah he did. Yeah. So it's the Targaryen side of him. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. That that that's the <laughs> dude. That scene when they start kissing, the, he totally forgets, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, wait, hold on, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> let's hold this thing. What's happening, <laughs> Auntie?" <laughs> it's like, wait a second, we're related. Oh no, real time. Sorry, Winston. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and Demarcus's final point is, she says, I love that Arya left Winterfell. Me too. Me too. Yeah, and, and, and we have the Arya Hound Show once again. Let's have that be a spinoff. Yeah. Just like one hour a week of them riding in silence, and each of them has like one line. There's a squirrel. I'll get it for dinner. Credits. Credits. Great show. <laughs> Great episode. It's basically a nature documentary of <laughs> Westeros, narrated by David Attenborough. Oh my god. Okay, point number one time. Time for ooh, predictions. Now, we've yes. given some predictions here of, of, like, speculation. Like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool uh, if... This and this If happens. ravens came out of the sky and dive-bombed the archers and stuff like this. Yes, that would be amazing. Yeah, I would totally rock for that. Uh, what do I think is actually going to happen? Uh, so, I, I'm going to triple down, quadruple down on my predictions so far this season. That we are going to see the Golden Company switch sides, break their contract with Cersei... And follow their Targaryen roots because they are Targaryen. They were founded by Targaryens. I've said this so many times. We are going to see. Oh, see what's the what's the seventh kingdom? What's the the southernmost kingdom? Dorne. Did we hear Dorne mentioned in this episode? The yes, Prince of Dorne. New Prince of new Dorne. Prince of Dorne has what? declared for Daenerys. What? 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 He's going to march his army north. Oh. What? 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 Prince of Dorne. You're being so annoying right now, but I'm. So- <laughs> I'm so positive that I'm right. Me too. This is a terrible sign. This is an awesome sign. The last time someone was this happy, they got shot out of the air <laughs> by Euron Greyjoy. Um, okay, so. Okay, what Dorn are we talking up. about? What? Go- Dorn shows up. Golden Company switches sides. They open the gates of the city from the inside. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh, right. Um, the Sunset Arya Grand Northern Conspiracy Part 2. Jon Snow knows nothing. And Varys dies. Varys is going to be killed by Drogon. Um, Daenerys and Varys made promises to each other. Varys is... The spider. Spider, okay. Yeah. Sorry, she, really he, bad with names. He promised her mm-hmm. that if he ever felt like she was saying... It, that, that she was making a mistake, he would say it to her face. 
and he did. And she promised that if he ever plotted treason against her, she would feed her. She would feed him to her dragons. And he kind of nodded and was like, yeah, I would expect nothing less. One end of that bargain has been upheld. Yep. And now he's plotting against her. Yep. Are, are you talking about the same prince that I'm talking about? Prince of Dorne? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, prince of Dorne. There's some dude that we don't know. Oh, do we? Oh, is it? Oh, the guy from the books. Uh-huh. Um, um, not Tristane, but, uh, who, who was it? Who's the Dornish prince in the books? That, that... Another Aegon Targaryen. Right, the other Aegon Targaryen who said that he was a prince of Dorne, but he's actually Aegon Targaryen. Now there's two Aegon Targaryens. The Aegon... Yes. Okay. You think that's going to be a thing? I be- do. Because in the okay, books... Okay, 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 okay. So in the books... Loyal viewers. Listeners! There is a prince who was raised as something else. He knows that he's a Targaryen, and he knows that he's done is... Um, Rhaegar. Rhaegar. Uh, and he was the son of both... Um, What's her name? <laughs> it, it was it was Rhaegar Targaryen and Elia Martell. Yeah, Elia Martell. So Elia Martell and Rhaegar and had had two children, which they were killed. They were killed during the sack of King's Landing. Yeah, you killed my sister. You murdered her children. Prepare to die. Right. Um, Except allegedly, the little boy who was killed was actually sweet. That was a changeling. They had swapped him out a few weeks earlier and secreted the the real. Targaryen prince away to Essos just in case something bad happened, which it did. It did. Now, there's a lot of speculation that he's lying, that he's been lied to. He's not who he thinks he is. He's not actually this uh, supposed Targaryen prince, but that he's just some dude. But But, what if he is? What if he is the real thing? And in the books, he's making his way to Dorne. Yes. But also... With the Golden Company. But, right, so yeah, so yeah. But, big, but I think big thing is that in the books he has he he's with the Golden Company. The, he brought the Golden Company over from Essos. They landed, and they and are very much against the Lannisters. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but I think in the TV show, what they're gonna do is he's gonna be already at Dorne. He has already talked to the Golden Company. Yep, and they're in secretly in quote working for Cersei. When re- in reality, they are working for him. Because why would they mention specifically Prince from Dorne as a side remark? What? Mm. Okay, I don't know if the age lines up on this. What if it's Dario Naharis? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no I, it doesn't. The not. age is wrong. The, it, no, okay. And it, I think that would be, that there, there, there would be a lot of people screaming that it's like, oh, lazy writing. They just pulled something out of their head at this oh, whatever, point. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's forget about those people. That's fine. Let's talk about this possibility, especially because they talk about uh, about having three heads. Mm-hmm. You have Daenerys, you have Jon, and well, then you have... Daenerys, Aegon, and Aegon. Yeah, very much. And they all get married together. Oh, uh... <laughs> Auntie. <laughs> I mean, it's awkward enough as it is. <laughs> yeah. Brother. <laughs> okay. That being said, I think that's what's going to happen. And the last episode is going to be a war between those three. Mm. Yep. 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 And I think that's the reason why the spiders actually tend to conspire against Daenerys. Well, they did send Varys down to Dorne to start showing yeah. up that alliance. So he's 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 got he's he's done things contacts for a while. Yeah. down there. He's 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 on WhatsApp with people down there. Hey, it's encrypted. It's encrypted. He has really good PR with Dorne. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are my predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, those are mine. 
Oh, how do you think Euron is going to die? We, we've we've talked about how we think Cersei's going to die. It's going to be either Tyrion or Jaime that's going to kill her. Most likely Jaime, but if not Jaime, then Tyrion. Um, Euron, I would like to either see Yara kill him, but she's holding the Iron Islands. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see her again. Or Drogon eats him. I don't think he's going to die. I think they're going to leave a loose end where um, he leaves, like he escapes. He like runs away, he sails off. Yeah, and uh, one of the last decrees <laughs> from this war would be uh, sending someone after him. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's just going to be like that. It, very much how um, Queen Elizabeth did with uh, Drake type of thing. Interesting. I think we need him to die. We do, but I don't think we're going to have the satisfaction. We've we've gotten yeah yeah we evil ha- guys dying satisfaction yeah, so I, far yeah but I don't think okay I don't like the character see well, well, but I at the same time I don't sometimes I don't think he's evil he's crazy he's smart but he's not evil oh he, he, evil an evil okay. an evil person in my point of view is someone like Bolton he's evil because yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, uh, the we're nephew let's go kill them yeah crazy. And not evil. evil. Uh, because the way that... that we're, the way that we're Bolton does agree things, to disagree. The, the way Bolton does things is um, is different layers of psychological evils and physical evils. Whereas... And takes uh, gratification out of that. Whereas urine? 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Just call him urine at this point. <laughs> pretty much. Out of him, he's more of... Um, he does evil acts. Uh-huh. Very, very evil act. Like a lot of them. But the way that he does, he does his, um, it's all calculated, but not for sadistic gratification, but for power maneuvering gratification. He kind of reminds me more of, um, Bolton's dad. Okay. But with the craziness. Okay. Th- th- does that make sense? It does. I just disagree with you. I mean, they're both pretty bad. They're yeah. both bad guys. Don't get me wrong. Well, some guys, and, I, I think this is from Wreck-It Ralph. Just because you're a bad guy does not mean you're a bad guy. Okay? Euron <laughs> okay. is a bad guy. He's also bad guy, in my opinion. And that's okay. Oh, yeah. They're both pretty bad. Also, part of the reason that I'm, like, rejecting that idea so much hmm. is because I fear that you're right. And I don't want that to be the case. Not that I don't want you to be right. I just don't want him to get away. Oh. But that would be so Game of Thrones if for them to just not I, tie up all the loose ends and, and not think, give us a happy ending. And I think that's what I would love if they <sighs> did that. Because it would leap it off into like... I'm groaning, but I have a big smile on my face. Like, <laughs> oh, they would totally do that to us. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. That'll oh, be our predictions. Well, we have plenty of feedback this week from various people. Here is Penda with a short email. Are you being sarcastic? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, nerds with a mic. This is my review of The Last of the Starks. First off, I was happy that we got to see the survivors mourning those who were lost and have some sort of closure. I felt this way, especially with Sansa, by her placing the Stark sigil on Theon, representing that he was always a Stark. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for mentioning That's, that. that. That scene... It really touched me, touched my heart. It was so... But that, that scene that, that completely killed me. They earned that scene and they executed it perfectly so oh, much. Oh, and his speech. 
Yeah. I love that speech. It was a very kingly speech. Yes, it was. I love the energy surrounding the victory feast and how it was shot and seeing different character interactions. I'm writing this after watching the game revealed featurette, so I'm able to better understand how that scene was shot and why it was set in that way. This also makes me appreciate the scene so much more about to see how methodically it was thought out, not only in the writing, but in the camera angles and the directing and the actor's ability to show instead of say what they were thinking. Absolutely. And they were taking such a great care and being sleep deprived that they forgot their coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Let's mention that real quick. The, the infamous Starbucks cup. Um, did you see HBO's official statement? It's not a, it's, it's not a Starbucks cup. Right. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, but if you enhance it's it, it's not a latte. Daenerys would have ordered tea. <laughs> that, that's their official stance. Also, they have um, already gone in and fixed that point in the episode. Yeah. So it, it, if you go in and you watch it now, the it's coffee gone. cup is gone. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. They should have kept it. Yeah. Um, I personally highly dis... Oh, what if they hid the coffee cup in another part of the episode? Oh. And every time someone finds it, they, they move it further and further <laughs> back and make it more and more obscure. Let me hear Yeah. I personally highly disliked that in the middle of the feast, Daenerys appoints Gendry as Lord of Storm's End because she's forcing a title upon him and he seemed fine being a blacksmith. My feelings also correlate with what Tyrion said about it, forcing Gendry to later on be an ally because of what she did for him. She's starting to move people around like puzzle pieces, so eh, not the biggest fan. But also, this is the Game of Thrones. But also, <laughs> uh, it's actually it's something she has done before. Yeah. And um, she's very smart when it comes to that. Not to mention, by making him lord, yeah, she gets an ally and all of these things. But he's also now a contender to the throne. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because after the Targaryens, it would be him. Yep. Uh, and so if anything did happen to her, to her. She, she's got a legit person to take it who has some loyalty to her. Um, is it is it kind of a nasty move or is it unfortunate? Not nasty, but like, is it unfortunate for the character of Gendry and how we perceive him? Yes. But also, in my mind, it was the most logical move and a very smart thing for her to have done. Especially in that scene when everybody's yeah. still feeling down. Yeah. This is something to it, celebrate. It was so somber. It was it was quiet. It was muted. People are having like quiet little side conversations. No one was celebrating. And from that moment on, it got happier and happier and, and all that. Is it unfortunate for Gendry? Yes, Penda. Absolutely it is. Absolutely. Also, it was so cute how Gendry confesses love to Arya. Oh, my God. <laughs> but being true to her character, she could never be a lady. I really appreciated that scene because it showed that even though she defeated the White Walkers and has finally opened herself up to affection again, that she knows who she is and nothing and no one, haha, <laughs> it will change that. I love seeing the camaraderie between Jamie, Tyrion, Brienne, and Podrick, especially because they were playing Tyrion's stupid game, haha. <laughs> yes, loved that. However, didn't like that Tyrion put Brienne on the spot like that. But it turned out to go in her and Jamie's favor in the short term, at least. And then with Podrick smiling to a girl in the scene. And in the next scene, he's in the background walking away with not one, but two girls. Just love them. Well, most yeah. girls do, apparently. Must, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that. Okay, so getting into a heavier topic of whether or not the world should know about Aegon Targaryen or not. I hated that Daenerys asked Jon to keep the secret from his family, partly because she sounded so desperate. It was also completely a power move and didn't show any respect to the fact of how much he cares about his family, that it would kill him to keep the secret from them. Then has the audacity to say to him that the only way that they can live in harmony with the Starks 
is her way. However, she does make a point about how it doesn't matter what John wants. If he had his way, he'd live peacefully in Winterfell as a commoner, not as a lord, or have any titles. I started to dislike Daenerys this season, and I think the main reason is because I've never liked any of the characters that were playing for the throne, and John is the rightful heir, and he doesn't want it. Which is why I'm so happy Varys said what I was thinking, that those who don't want the throne are probably best suited for it. Yes, yes, yes. To rewind a bit, I was anxious the entire scene that John was going to tell Sansa and Arya because I wanted to see the reactions to the news. Unless, of course, they're all in on it. Yep. And every time the scene kept going, I became more hopeful, and then it ended. I'm pissed, but I liked how they positioned Arya and Sansa to be in between Bran and John. And Sophie and Maisie's acting in the scene was spot on. I love that Sansa tells Tyrion, because we know he won't keep his mouth shut, and starts the, the thought process of who should really be on the throne. Parentheses, anyone but anyone but Cersei. Which I love that scene with Sansa, because you can see her conflict. She's like, yep. family? But yeah, but but our world needs to be needs to change. Calculating, calculating, calculating. And then I love the fact that she finally told Tyrion because that's the perfect person to tell. Yes. Now, uh, are are we a little bit cheated because we don't get to see their reaction? Like we don't get to see um, Sansa and Arya's reaction. We don't get to see Tyrion's reaction. But uh, from the viewpoint of economy of writing, it would be pretty foolish to continue to show. It's like this was the season of people finding out who John is, and we just like every episode. There's a Here's who John is seen. It makes sense to not show that same thing over and over and over again. We, we saw it with the two people that mattered most to. We saw it for John. We saw it for Danny and everyone else. So it makes sense cutting away, but it also gives the opportunity for us to be like, what happened in that conversation? Are they conspiring? Yeah, I, I, I want to say that. And I totally agree with uh, repetition. But I think because family is such a big important for these people, for the Starks, that scene should have been let on. Yeah. Like the Unless other- something happens. Unless something happens. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. Penda, I know you love a good conspiracy. Join me on this one. I think you're probably nodding your head going, yes. <laughs> I know you. Moving on to Braun. I liked him. He was a good friend to the Lannister brothers, but I forgot, which this episode reminded me, is that he's a cutthroat and only cares about himself. It made me sad to come to that realization. Yep. And he might you have... And, you and a lot of people. Yep. And he might have the pox. He doesn't know. We know that he, that he doesn't, <laughs> but he doesn't know. Arya then meets up with with Clegane and rides south with the aim in mind to kill Cersei. I'm not sure about that. Oh, uh, yeah. She's definitely going to kill Cersei. Who? Or Daenerys. Or, or both. Oh, Arya. Yeah, Arya. She's already defeated one enemy. She won't kill two. I still think Jamie will be the one to kill Cersei. Even though he left Brienne and said it was because he will still do anything for Cersei, I believe that's when that that's what he told her for her to not follow him. I fully believe that he's on the murder path towards Cersei. Okay, so Penda, you also got that he's saying, Oh, I'm running yeah. back to her. I totally don't get that. He's not saying I'm going back to my ex. He's saying my ex is a horrible person. I've got to deal with this. Yeah. But here, here's like three for three, taking it in a way completely not like I did. I am too dense for the show. All right. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> okay. On to this scene where John says goodbye to Tormund, Sam, and pregnant Gilly. What tore my heart out about the scene was the uncertainty. Is this the last time that John sees them? Does John die and that's why they make this, this goodbye so powerful? But wait, is it the last time that the audience sees them? 
Will John live and eventually see the characters again, but just not in the next two episodes? But what I've concluded, uh, but I've concluded that I think that's the last time John and the audience will see these characters, since as it was explained where they are all going from here on out, especially my lovely Tormund. Yes. People are saying we, we want a spinoff of Tormund and Ghost. I, I want that. Yep, I would totally do that. He's such a good boy, and someone should give him all the pets. Good boy. You need to pronounce hugs. it with an I at the end. Good boy. <laughs> and, and the hugs that John didn't give him. Listen, that would have been too much CG. I don't care. They needed the extra CG budget to sh- shoot Rhaegal one more time. I don't care. They could have killed the dragon on the side. I needed those pets and those hugs from John to Ghost. What if someone left the coffee cup in there as protest for John not petting Ghost? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to our email. We're only we're we're already about halfway through Penna's email. Uh, I think it was really crucial that Varys was brought into the know about John. He stated in the past that his actions are for the realm, and he's now starting to question whether Daenerys should be the one on the throne. I think the dialogue between him and Tyrion is really important, not only for the audience to understand, but for the characters to weigh the good and the bad between John and Daenerys, and who would be more beneficial for the realm. It was also really important that Varys saw that Daenerys wasn't going to follow his advice of don't burn King's Landing. That that scene showed a little bit of the Mad King in her, that she would just kill innocents to uproot the problem and get herself on the throne. I support Varys' decision to tell the realm of who should be on the Iron Throne. It's a very smart power move for Cersei to invite thousands of innocents into the Red Keep so it would be harder for the realm to to support Daenerys if she killed all those innocents. But what's funny about her lying to Euron and saying the child is his is that Tyrion was talking about it. I know Euron was thinking, how does he know? (laughs) Everybody's thinking that. (laughs) I hope that creates some doubt in his mind about Cersei and that maybe he should switch sides or do a red wedding and stab her in the belly to death or, you know. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) The last scene was slightly predictable because I know Miss Sunday was dead the moment I saw that she was captured. And her and Grey Worm thinking that they would have had a nice... Happy future and not. Did I say that yep. she should have died? That way he can go back to her uh, place and you protect did. them? Yeah. You did. You did. Uh, what threw me emotionally was Grey Worm's reaction and Daenerys's. Oh my God. Totally. Especially because oh. he's on Sully. They're not supposed to show emotion. And, and here and, he and is. He's, 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 oh my God. His face was so good. It was a very strong shot to, yes, to end on. Yes, he's very handsome. <laughs> yes, very handsome. It was a very strong shot to end on. And it showed that Daenerys isn't letting this go easily. But at what cost? Bom, bom, bom. Thank you, Penda. I think that's the first time Penda's written in. Oh, yeah, hi. It's good. You should write more for the next two episodes. Okay. <laughs> well, Miles wrote more. Uh, here's what Miles said. It, Miles, Miles said, I have issues. Yes. Okay. Hi, like, Miles. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dear nerds. This episode had serious issues. I feel like the story and character development was sluggish and not consistent with previous seasons. The writers and producers have always seemed to be able to avoid the mid-season hump, but I think this episode was that hump. The war room scene was unremarkable and, in my mind, unnecessary. The Cersei-Danny showdown scene felt wrong both in pacing and in how it played out. The feast interaction seemed too drawn out between Danny, John, and Sansa. It seems like... They want to throw it in our face that the tension between them is rising. I felt like they could do that more subtly, though. I mean, the various Tyrion scene was an indication of the, of the rift that I wanted. I like that level that level of subtlety. Obvious that scene was indicative of the growing of the growing rift, but it wasn't ten minutes of moody glances. Speaking of the feast scene, uh, where was the script su- supervisor who totally dropped the ball on the coffee cup thing? <laughs> yep. Yep. 
That being said, we've already determined he was mad about the whole ghost subplot yeah. being just left. So, yep. Okay, good. Pets. Mm-hmm. Ghost that, needed pets. He was a good yeah, boy. He, good, good boy. That being said, I totally understand. When when you hear Amelia Clark describe the hours on set, it seems like everyone was pretty exhausted. I want to talk about the good things, though. So I'm going to wrap this up by saying there were some great moments in this episode, but overall, I'm a little disappointed. Now the good. I thought that the Arya and Gendry proposal and Gendry being declared Lord of Storm's End was the natural conclusion of that story arc. Although I've been shipping them for a while now, I knew that once Arya met up with him and I guess slept with him, I don't know if I saw that coming or not, she would say goodbye. Arya definitely isn't the one to settle down and become the lady of a castle, so I felt that their interaction was natural and exactly what I would expect from both of them. Here, here, Miles. Yep. <clears throat> I loved that all the hounds interactions. I, I, I loved all the hounds interactions this episode. The fighting is done, and now he's bored. <laughs> he has to move on, and Arya is the natural traveling companion for him. The bonfire scene was touching, but come on, they individually lit all those pyres. There has to be a better way. Oh uh, yeah, a dragon. Light the have the dragon light all the fires. The pyres on fire. Fires on pyre. Yeah, but it's not. No, I know. Yeah. Eh, I get it. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if Cersei is pregnant. She really is easy to hate. <laughs> not I even feel like she's. I feel like she stays just shy of megalomania with some human moments that really make her character believable. They finally explained away Ghost. I don't want to lose him, but it makes sense that John wouldn't bring him to King's Landing. Yeah. He belongs in the North. A good retirement plan. Yep. Tormund will give him the love that he deserves. Now, Tormund is right, though. John will be the happiest up there. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely would. That would be a good retirement plan for John as well. <laughs> Don't talk retirement plans, he's gonna die. He's the- already dead. Yeah, uh, good point. The Jamie and Brienne scene was heartbreaking. I'm curious how this is going to affect Brienne emotionally. Jamie is the first man she really opened up to in more ways than one. I, I get what you're saying there. <laughs> and he basically breaks her heart. I understand that Jamie has some good sense has some sense of loyalty to certainty, but damn, he had a good thing with Brienne. She brought out the good in him. Okay, so now Miles also thinks that Jamie's literally running back to his ex-girlfriend to be with her. No, I disagree, and no, I'm worried I'm wrong. No, 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 you're not wrong. Good, thank you're you. You're not wrong. It's just the way that he presented this yeah. case to Brienne is what people perceived and Brienne perceived. Yeah. Yeah. All right, he goes on to say, Masande's dead. Wow, great analysis, Miles. Good job. We weren't sure about <laughs> It's not like we saw her head bounce off. <laughs> no. He says, Masande's dead. This really wasn't the way I was expecting her to go. I was expecting Grey Worm to die for her. But now Grey Worm is definitely going to die because he'll get himself into a situation that he can't get out of. His grief will probably make him reckless. Yeah, I think so. I don't think so. I think it will just iron him in ways that he hasn't been ironed before. Because mm. he, now like uh, Daenerys, he has a purpose. Kill Cersei. Kill everybody. And the mountain. Burn it. Burn it all. That, was, that wasn't just for Daenerys. That <clears throat> was also for him. Yeah. The Bronn, Tyrion, Jamie scene was a little weird for me, but I still felt that it was exactly on color for Bronn. Well, that's probably enough. Dracarys, nerds. <laughs> Thank you, Miles. Uh, okay, here's Barton. Wow, a lot of people had a lot of thoughts on stuff this this episode. Okay, these were my random notes I typed into my phone while watching. The Hound is the best. Danny is perfect all the time. Bran, why are you so weird? <laughs> no, sorry, I misread that. Bran, why are you so weird? <laughs> Madman or a king? Or like a mad king? Oh, so, so they're saying, who would ride on a dragon? A madman or a king? Or a mad king? GOT, truth or drink, equals good time. I agree. Yikes, Gendry, a little much. 
Yeah, Gendry definitely went like full Ted Mosby in this episode. Hey, I slept with you once. Let's get married. I love you. Mind you, he has loved her for a very long time. True. Well, True. he has liked her for a very long time. Yeah. And they just went through this horrific thing. Thing. Yeah. And people do really, really dumb things. Think of the baby boomers, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Gets back and it's like, now nah, for season two. That's, what, um, that's what's going to be like the sequel to the series. <laughs> it's going to be Baby Boomers. Oh, oh no. So he says, he says, yikes, Gendry, a little much. See, look how Jamie does it and follow his lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what she did. <laughs> yep. WTF, right? All just down like that? Dracarys, y'all done messed up. Thoughts on the last episode. I loved it, of course. The celebration after the Battle of Winterfell seems accurate. Everyone's happy and no one is worried because we've got two dragons. Good for Jamie and Brienne. I'm glad that Arya is still all business. There's still a name on the list. No time for love. But there is time for a Clegane Ball. <laughs> oh, Clegane Ball. We're going to get it. I don't want it. I want episode six to be titled Clegane Ball. That's episode... Episode 5 is the battle for King's Landing. Episode 6 is just the Clegane Bowl. An hour and a half of it. No! I would absolutely hate it. Ugh. I want that to be taken away from them. To, from both of them. And that would be so cool Think of the watch. children. Think of the children. <laughs> All right. See, I, I had wished for like that... I actually had kind of hoped for... Um, what's his face? The Hound to have used the fire in the in the Battle of Winterfell and saved a hundred million people, like all the people from inside. That would have been so cool because let's say she wasn't the same Missandei. No, that's not Missandei. Melisandre. Uh, if she wouldn't have been there to be able to like lit the fire, wouldn't it have been so cool if the Hound if would the have found grabbed? If faces his fears. Not so, not he does it because yeah. it's the right thing, and that's that's the first thing in his life that everybody gets to see this side of him. Yeah, and that's by fire. Oh, that would have been so cool. Okay, quick game ball. No, <laughs> I think we are gonna yeah. get it though. Burton goes on to say it was perfectly depressing how quickly and easily Rhaegal was dispatched. Brings us down to one and makes it much less of an overwhelming advantage. Euron Greyjoy pairs very well with Cersei and makes her that much more dynamic and terrifying. Thoughts for the future. Wow, we only have two episodes left. I know that there is an outside chance that I could really, but I could really see Cersei ending up on the throne and I wouldn't hate it because I'm a bad person. I feel very uncertain of the future and I absolutely love it. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Cersei being queen. It's... A dark and terrible future, and I hate the idea. Okay, but let's talk about... But it's so, exactly what we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was just thinking, like, what kind of economy is she bringing? She's not bringing economy. She's just putting the country more in debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, bad queen. And, and, like, half of what she spends is just on her clothes, which look amazing. Oh, my God. But, I, like, I, it's I time to rein it in for a little bit. Do you see that? That outfit was fit for a queen. It was. Oh, so good. So good. All right. And our finally bit of feedback this week is from Luca. He says, Jamie climbed the mountain. <laughs> Can't tell if he's going to fight for Cersei or try and break up Euron and her and kill him. Wow. I really think I am alone in thinking that Jamie. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm just wrong. But you know what? I'm the one who runs this podcast and edit everything so I can make it whatever I want. <laughs> it was established that he gets pretty jealous. So maybe he just got jealous. I really don't know what's going on in his head. The one thing that I keep coming back to is Bran said that he had a bigger role to play in the battle to come and he didn't want to play a major role at Winterfell. So maybe the role is to kill Cersei or possibly Daenerys if she becomes power crazy in episode six. I think the latter is a stretch, 
but not unlikely. What did Daenerys whisper to Jorah? The world may never know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luca, thank you for, for, for mentioning that. Um, what did she whisper to Jorah? Thank you. Thank you. And I love you. I, yeah, but it all goes down to what she told John. Wait for way. me in the next realm. Yeah. And we can be together. Or I'm fine. Something weird like that, that we don't really need to hear. It's one of those things I don't feel the need that we need to know. Yeah. Okay. Yep. With the White Walker threat eliminated, or so we think, right? And peace made with the wildlings, is there no longer a purpose for the Night's Watch? Will the fortresses be repurposed? Is is that north enough for the free free folk to live? I don't really have an answer. Just a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the Thomas we need room to move around. I'm like, yeah. wow, just the free folk. <laughs> yeah. The last of the Starks. I freaking love it. When the show low-key breaks the fourth wall. Yep. I'm so ready for the blood fest that is about to transpire in the coming episodes. Dun, 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 dun. Luca, we all are. Can we hear a paqua for that? Paqua! Paqua! All right. Well, two episodes left. Plenty for us to discuss in the next coming weeks. Um, let's take a quick moment and talk about things and discuss stuff. Okay. I'm doing stuff, Lori. Thanks. Here's the thing. Any <laughs> conversation that I have with anyone outside of work or whatever, um, it's pretty much, hey, did you watch this week? What did you think? Let's talk about it. This conversation we've had for the last hour and a half, this has been my conversation. My last 48 hours. I don't really, there's nothing else to really talk about or discuss. This is, <laughs> this is all consuming. Really? Pretty much. There's nothing that we haven't talked about. I well, mean, I watch I watch Endgame. Oh, you watch Endgame finally? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Loyal viewers. Listen to us. Uh, if you don't want Endgame spoilers, sign off now. Bye. I'm going to give you a few seconds to like, you know. Thank you for listening. Pull, pull your phone out of your pocket. Thank you for listening. Turn it off now because we're going to start talking about Endgame spoilers. Such as spoilers incoming three, two, one. Captain America's black. Iron Man dies, and what was the third one? Oh, Black Widow is obviously going to be a prequel movie. There, okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um. So I, 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 I saw the death of of Stark coming. I saw it. Yeah. Um. What I, a great I, way for him to go out too. Yeah. I am Iron Man. Uh, I, you know, I have no no love for Iron Man, but I did like his. I did like his character um, ending with this. Yep. I, I really liked it. Did I think that they kind of overdid, overdid that scene between him dying and then the funeral? That was a little bit too much. Um, but other than that, oh. Every major death was followed by a scene on the water's edge. Or or not even that. So, so after N- Natasha died, they're on the edge of the lake and Hulk like grabs the bench and throws it into the horizon the tony stark funeral was on the edge of the lake and then with captain america coming back he's again sitting on the edge of the water and they're looking out over the water and uh yeah um yeah so anyways i i I saw that i saw that coming but i but let's see uh what i i I liked i I liked the one scene where you have all the women come together that was great and they're like how how is she supposed to go across we got this. It's like, <laughs> she has help, but also she's Captain Marvel and she, like, everyone's fighting someone and she just kind of goes Super Saiyan and flies forward and that's the end of it. <laughs> but 
That was a great scene. I really liked her. I haven't seen Captain Marvel, the, the film. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is the first oh. time I get to see her. You have to watch it. But, but, it's but really on. good. I And I want to. That's that's my goal. The thing is, I did not see the purpose of her character in this in this movie. Uh, they could have done exactly the same thing without her there. The uh, only thing that I, that I saw that she did, but they could have found another way to um, to solve that, is bring Tony, Tony Stark back to Earth. Yeah. Um, and people can be like, what's well, the thing my sister, she said, oh, but she destroyed the ship. I'm like, there's a bunch of superheroes in that film. Any one of them could have done that. Yeah, but she did. I know, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those were like the two main major things that she did. Go ahead and watch Captain Marvel and see if that changes. But I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking about, I'm coming from someone who doesn't, who just is going there to watch the Avengers. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, yeah. You're being logical, which I don't appreciate (laughs) because it, (laughs) because when you're logical, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> and it defeats my, like, blind fandom. They had 90s music in her movie. She's awesome. She's okay. unassailable. <laughs> do I like her concept? Of course I do. I I, yeah. I really do. I just didn't find the need to have her in, in, in this movie, especially with all the superheroes already there. Um, that being said, that's the only, like, the really biggest complaint I have this about this film. Um Oh, and then I I have a question. Where is Loki? Um, he's he, he's getting his own series. Woo-hoo! Disney Plus. They're they're gonna have a Loki series. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So now I know. Now yeah. I know what happened to Loki. Because Disney Plus knows which side their bread is buttered on. They know what's up. Yeah. Oh, and then of course I think I mentioned this before. Um, I don't like what they did with uh Star Lord. Okay. Star Lord's character. And it was just the same thing. Did you like the scene, though, where it's the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy, but we hear it without the music and it's just him singing to himself? Oh, definitely. That I was lo- funny. I, 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 love, I love Star-Lord. I just, especially because he was back to the first film. Uh, new question. Where is Gamora? Uh, <laughs> I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Damari says that she's dead because mm. uh, Stark did to, his, to the army. Uh, and as far as he knows... She was part of that army. I think she's alive, and I think that she's. Gonna... I think so too, because I saw her in the lineup of women who were fighting. Um, yeah. To, to let yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy three. That's going to be a major plot line. I oh, think. Okay. I I think also um, Thor's diet and exercise could be a, a major plot line in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What did you think about Fat Thor? It's hilarious. <laughs> and I loved it. And you know what I liked more than that? I liked what his mom tells him. Yeah. And because it's a different side of um, being a superhero and it's a different side of being depressed and just mentally down when someone tells you you're enough. And I think that's a great message for anyone to hear. So um, I really like what I did with her, with his character. And yeah, I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't change that at all. And the fact that he's like to uh, the Valkyrie, you're already king. Yeah. He, you're already the ruler. Yeah. So I like that. I'm not, I don't really like the fact that he went with the Guardians, but it goes all back to the change that they did with Star-Lord. Yeah. Um, How about that scene where the portals open up and everyone starts marching <laughs> through and you're just like... And it, it and we finally get to hear the phrase "Avengers Assemble" spoken for the first time. I like that scene, and I also I was I nudged at the Martis and I said, "This is the scene everybody was complaining about 
the first movie. How come none of his generals fought or blah, 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 blah. Like, that was a yeah. huge complaint about last uh, last movie. And I'm like, well, here it is. Here's how it looks like. Yeah. yeah you know, um, which I had no beef with it on the previous one. Um, let's see. One thing. I'm trying to think what else happens in this film. How about uh, Captain America wielding Mjolnir? Captain America with Thor's hammer. Oh, yes! <laughs> I love that. Okay, my favorite my favorite character is Captain America. Mm. So That I, is America's ass. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um so when oh man, that scene was amazing. Especially with he's he throws thunder out of it, which doesn't really make sense, but I don't really care. Well, no, what he did is he threw his shield and he threw the hammer and the hammer hit the shield and the concussion from that was violent enough that it knocked Thanos off his feet. That's the second time. The first oh. time when he, he actually does uh-huh. throw um electricity from it. Oh, oh, electricity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and, the, and then he brings it down on Thanos from the sky and he goes, zap, zap, zap. And I also like when, you know, Thor decides to fight and he has the, his own hammer and he's, he changes into um, the original comics how he's supposed to look like. So I was like, yay! I was really, really happy about that. And, yeah. then, and then I also liked when... But, but he didn't get fit magically from no, the lightning. No, yep. and I also liked... When um, they're both like holding out for the hammers, calling them here and obviously interchanging them. And then he goes, you get the smaller one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I love anything, Captain. Um, I, it was sad to see him go. Yep. But it also makes sense. And, and I loved that the fact that they changed from, um, ori- in the comics, originally goes to Bucky. Mm. Um, Bucky becomes Captain America. And I like the fact that they changed it here because in a way, he, uh, Sam is his um, his heir. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I love the fact that they changed that. And it has nothing to do because he's black. It's just that's how they portray them in the, in the movies. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, if they're going to transfer the mantle of Captain America to another character, another actor, I'm, I'm not interested in that. Just the same way I'm not interested in like, oh, maybe that kid that they saw at the funeral is going to become the next Iron Man. Like, I don't want another Iron Man. Iron Man was his own person. He was his own thing. They played it to the end. That's it. Now, if his daughter, if little Morgan grows up and becomes the, the next thing, that's okay. But like as her own unique character. And if, if, um, if Anthony Mackie is Captain America, but with a twist. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm Birdman Falcon guy, but I have a cool shield and I, and I have the mantle of being like this symbol of American pride and freedom. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And it would have to be his own story arc. But if he's just like, well, I'm now Captain America and I'm going to do everything that the last Captain America did. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. Well, that's how it is in the comics. Well, I don't want that, but Marvel seems to be really smart about how they do stuff. So I think that they will not make that mistake. Yeah. I think going to be like, Bird Boy is going to have his own unique storyline thing. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, especially, like I said, in the original comics, it goes to Bucky. So that already changed. Can I make a confession? Hmm. The whole Bucky, Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan thing? Eh. You can go away. You can go away. You know how... Uh, I, I, you, I, you I don't know. know. I, I have no problem with other people being super fangirl about it, you, you but know, it does nothing for me. Okay, I will tell you this. Remember what I was telling you we about Captain Marvel? Of, we, we just lost half of our, our, our loyal viewers. I know. You, you know how I was telling you about Captain Marvel? <laughs> 
Marvel. <laughs> yes, yes, I know what you're saying about Captain Marvel. Okay, so, and I said that she was kind of useless. They could have really mm-hmm. rearranged the whole movie without well, her. I think uh, your problem is that, uh, not that, uh, she was with that she was super useful. Uh, 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 being said you could not have have the same thing without Bucky yeah if you remove Bucky we wouldn't have found out about Hydra we wouldn't have uh, have found out what happened that the actual reason behind the, um the whole Iron Man yeah. dad yeah, and everything. Know, yeah so Bucky is very essential and yeah and he's the reason that makes um Captain American's heart go boom boom yeah cool so he so, does nothing for me I understand all that, and I appreciate it. But he does nothing for me. Just like a bunch of people love Breaking Bad, and I'm okay with that. I don't fault them for it. I respect their. I respect. I love that people love things. I love that people get excited about stuff because I get excited about stuff, and I love to see other people excited about things, even if it's not something I'm excited in. But just like eh, Bucky, I don't hate him. I'm just indifferent, and and that's okay too. <laughs> Then again, if I were to be able to meet Sebastian Stan face-to-face, I might change my mind. Yeah, you would have. I'm just saying. I really like him in the um, TV show called Kings. It's one of my favorite roles. That's when I actually started noticing him. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, guess what comes out this week? What? Pikachu. Did that Pikachu comes out this week? Mm-hmm. <gasps> really? Yeah, I, I wasn't lying last time. I was like, I swear it comes out this month. And you're like, no, it comes out in June. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, turns out. Comes, it comes out this week. I really want to see it. Me too. I really want to see it. So I'm I really, really want to see it. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's two movies coming out, not uh, like back to back ish. There's Aladdin and The Lion King. And, oh, yeah. and The wanna... Lion King looks really good. And Aladdin, I probably won't go to see it. Yeah, I'm not going to see that. Not, not because of the whole, oh, Will Smith is a genie thing. And that actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, really? That's the reason why people don't want to watch it? Well, well, some people are like, oh, he, he's, you know, he's in Blueface and Will Smith is a genie is a bad idea, whatever. Robin Williams is holy. Hey, you know, from from the clips that they've shown us in, in the trailers and stuff, he actually looks like he's going to be great in that role. Seeing Aladdin on stage recently and seeing someone other than Robin Williams portray the role of the genie and put their own spin on it, it was really fun. You can do a lot... You can do so much with that character. And I know Will Smith hasn't had a hit movie in a long time now, but like <laughs> I still love him as an actor and he's he's fun to watch. He's a great actor. Um but I don't know, it's just Oh, and then also, so I'm seeing this Aladdin I, preview. Kind of so dumb just because it just uh, wow. Yeah, it's dumb okay. for so many reasons. And it's probably a vocal minority that actually have a problem with it and the rest just jump on the anti-hype train. Mm-hmm. Um but we're sitting down, we're, we're going to watch Endgame, and there's the Aladdin trailer happening, and then at the end of the Aladdin trailer, they show the date that it's coming out, and then the date blows away in dust. Oh, that's cool. It, it's cool, because it's like, oh, it's Aladdin, it blows away in dust, but I'm like, you can't turn something into dust and just have it blow in, away in the wind before an Avengers movie. Like, did he just... <laughs> did he just Thanos the Aladdin movie? funny <laughs> talking about stones this is my my actual beef with that movie what aladdin no 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 no. endgame oh, okay they touch the stone with their bare hands like two to three times yeah and i was like what is the point of the, all the other movies and uh the first movie of galaxy the galaxy one me and me well okay hulk touches it with his bare hand and hulk is like strong enough no that's the whole point no, Hulk is strong enough, and he and he says you know, like, like, he's strong enough that he can have the six and the gauntlet on his hand. On the gauntlet, 
Yeah, on but the gauntlet. The, no, but, but, but I'm talking about in bare hands. They touch it with their bare hands. So Thanos touches it with his bare hands. Thanos touches one with his bare hands, and we see what the gauntlet does to Thanos. What the gauntlet does to Thanos is pretty much what the gauntlet does to Hulk. I, I, I know, I know. But he, before this film, none of them ever touched. True. And that's And Guardians of the Galaxy is the perfect point. That, that is the perfect example of that, like yeah. you said. And he took, how many are there? Like six? Yeah. Six of them, and they were still scarred. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, so that was my fine. only... Sure, my, yeah. My only complaint, like actual complaint about that film. No disagreement there. Yeah. I don't feel strongly enough about the series to really argue that point with you. <laughs> you don't have to argue. You just be like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, That, cool, that cool. just seems like... Uh, oh, wait, no. They had plot armor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Stronger than Iron Man's armor. Well, anyway... <laughs> scene with end <laughs> all right i think we're gonna wrap it up here loyal viewers listeners thank you so much for listening through about two hours of just babble babble bubble uh thank you for our people who wrote in write in again next week nerds, nerds with a mic at gmail.com <laughs> um there's other ways to reach us but whatever that's the one that we'll actually look at <laughs> we will be back next week to discuss the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones. And then back the week after that to discuss series finale, Game of Thrones, season eight, episode six, titled Clegane Bowl. No! <laughs> <laughs> good night, little viewers. Oh, 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 I can't, I can't say good night, little viewers yet. Why? We didn't rate this episode. Huh? We didn't rate the episode. Oh, right. We Five. are terrible podcasters, <laughs> but we know that because, anyway, um, Five. There's. There he goes. That's my, my my rate. Five. 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 Two fives. Yep. Yep. Because we have good. We have good boy ghost. Yeah. So it's an automatic five. plus one. Yeah. And then there will be six. And we had <laughs> unexpected character deaths out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So with that five, now we say good night, low viewers. Good night, listeners. <laughs> viewers. Listeners. Viewers. Listeners. And then get this: What if Masande grabs Cersei, throw you know, pulls her off the edge of the wall? They fall. It's a long fall, but it's not a long fall. Cersei is injured but survives. Masande and Cersei both survive. They're both gravely injured. What do you mean if we King's Landing opens fire on our people. The Unsullied instantly form a shield wall, showing their like perfect unification. Per- yeah. Let's talk about this in the episode, though. Well, no, I, 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 I don't. You want to go into theories or what ifs? No, that that's not a theory. That's like, oh, here's how I could have done the show better, which is exactly what I don't want, mm. right? This is just like, what if this one thing had happened? You know, what if Rob had sent the the trap of the red wedding and done something different? Like, what if, what if, what if? We're not debating. We're not talking about the show that didn't happen. We're talking about the, the show, show that, that we happened. have. And people who want to go into this, like, whole tirade about the show that didn't even flippin' happen, like, you know what? Go back to your own miserable life. I don't care about your opinion. You're discussing something other than what I'm discussing. So, but just, like, wouldn't it have been cool if... So, they're, they're both down there. They're both gravely injured. They have to leave Masande. And Masande's there, and she's, like, paralyzed. She, like, you know, broke her back, and she's there. And she's, like, uh, looking at Danny. And Danny's, like, I'm sorry. And Masande's, like, go. 
and the gates open and soldiers come rushing out to, to and, and the mountain comes to, to pick up Cersei and bring her back inside and her like leg is broken and she's bleeding from the mouth and she's staring down Danny like, I'm gonna get you for this. And Danny's like, it's already begun. And then the scorpions and the archers open fire. Tyrion gets shot down because he's got little legs and he can't. He's he's got a small hitbox, but they've got a lot of guns. So Tyrion gets shot down while trying to run back to Danny. The Unsullied form a shield wall, and they they lose like ninety percent of their men as they get Danny back to safety. Uh, she jumps on Drogon. Drogon flies away, and um, and then credits, and we lose Missandei and we lose Tyrion. You know, I've been cool with that theory. They both fall. Missandei's completely dead. And have um, Tyrion try to kill off Cersei, but they can't shoot because that could also kill their queen. Ooh. Well, I would think that the arches around her would be the crack shots. Of course. But at the same time, they're still very close to their queen. It's very close. Well, if Tyrion gets right in close to Cersei, they won't take that shot. If he's as close to Cersei as I am to you right now... Uh, Yeah, he'll take the shot. They're going to take the shot. But if he like goes up and hugs her, he's like, My darling sister, it's been too long. What you going to do? What you going to do? Ah, name. Why do names? Names and me. Seriously. I didn't write this down. Why didn't I write this down? Hold on. Eight seconds. Run. That's right. <laughs>